Hey there, thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Hey, over the last few weeks, we've been working our way through the book of Nehemiah, learning about Nehemiah's experiences, uh, learning about the rebuilding of the walls, learning about what he did and how he did it. It started um, with Nehemiah in exile, and um, his brothers came to him. Uh, talks about the st- uh, we talked about the story in the king's chambers, and then... Uh, we talked about the road to Jerusalem and uh, all that that uh, included. We find him crawling over a broken wall late at night, gathering the support of the people, fighting against persecution and discouragement and against a significant enemy. We read of a wall that was rebuilt and the people in Jerusalem recalibrating their lives to a new reality. Today I want to look briefly at chapter 7 and 8. As you read them, there's so much more. There's so much more in this whole book. Uh, But as we read these, we see the sort of character that Nehemiah really is. And there's another hero that you've probably missed in this story up to this point. You'll see him and you'll hear a bit about him. You'll hear about people who are considering rebuilding houses because at this stage the temple's being rebuilt and the walls are being rebuilt, but the houses are not being rebuilt. We hear about people devoting themselves to God and becoming familiar again with what the law said. And sadly, I wish I could give you a happy ending, but we find near the end of the book of Nehemiah, the people falling into sin again. And that's so true of so many of our lives. You know, God redeems us. He saves us. He forgives us. And yet the cycle of sin continues in our life. And it's important that the cycle continue And that we repent and turn back to God as well, as they did here in the book of Nehemiah, so they needed to do it again. Let me read to you from Nehemiah chapter 7, verses 1 to 5. After the wall was finished, and I had set up the doors in the gates, the gatekeepers, singers and Levites were appointed. I gave the responsibility of governing Jerusalem to my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the fortress. For he was a faithful man who feared God more than most. And I said to them, Do not leave the gates open during the hottest part of the day. And even while the gatekeepers are on duty, have them shut and bar the doors. Appoint the residents of Jerusalem to act as guards, everyone on a regular watch. Some will serve as sentry posts, some in front of their homes. At that time, the city was large and spacious, But the population was small, and none of the houses had been rebuilt. So my God gave me the idea to call together all the nobles and leaders of the city, along with the ordinary citizens, for registration. I found the genealogical record of those who had first returned to Jerusalem, and this was what was written there. Nehemiah goes through and lists the the record. In some ways, there doesn't seem to be much in these passages of Scripture, In another way, there are profound things. It starts off with this. The walls have been rebuilt. I said it um, 
multiple times through this series, but you've got to get it done. Get the job done. It's not until it's finished that you get the satisfaction of the job being completed. Despite all that happened, despite the challenge of resource, despite persecution, despite ridicule and mocking, Nehemiah and the people banded together and they got the job done. They rebuilt the walls and it was a significant achievement. You will be given tasks. God has called you to do certain things and there is a start, but there's also a place of completion, a place of finishing. If you get it done, then it'll be complete. I remember when our kids were younger, uh, we had this process of finishing that had to be addressed many, many times over. Sometimes it would be their dinner at the dinner table. Say just two more mouthfuls and then it's finished. Just take two more mouthfuls, then it's done. And then you're free to go. You can watch TV, you can do whatever. But those two mouthfuls seem to be such a large and, uh, and significant um, hurdle for them to jump over. But we pushed and pushed and eventually the plate was clear. Same with cleaning the rooms. Get it done. If you do it, then it's done. There'll be no more hassle, no more upset, no more crying. Just get the job done. God's speaking to you about doing something. Get it done. When the job is done, Nehemiah has rebuilt the walls it's interesting, he hands the role of governing over. And the person he hands the role of governing over is a person we read about in chapter 1, Hanani. Hanani, the man who came to the city of Susa, to the citadel where Nehemiah was a gatekeeper, the one who shared the story, is the one who becomes the governor of Jerusalem. He's a man who went to Nehemiah, got Nehemiah involved in the rebuild, and then eventually he becomes the governor of the city and it says there was not many others like him. The role is handed over. There'll be a time where the job gets completed and then you need to hand it over. Let it go. Let it, let it be done. Let it be finished. Um, you, you can only do so much when the job is done and it's complete. It's time to hand it over. Hanani was a faithful man who feared God more than most, the Bible says. And it was handed over to him. He was an excellent leader, great governor. But the time had come for Nehemiah to move forward, to move on. And that's exactly what had happened. And then what happened is Nehemiah took responsibility for gaining direction for the next steps. He looked at what needed to be done. He gathered the people together and they realized that Despite the fact that the temple was being rebuilt and the walls had been completed, the houses were yet to be attended to. And so there was direction gained for the next task, the next responsibility. Life wasn't over just because the walls were done. Life needed to move on. Now, there are things that the Holy Spirit speaks to you about, things that need to be attended to, things that need to be addressed. If you attend to those, they'll be completed and the opportunity to move forward to the next thing will present itself. So we need to gain direction for our next steps. This is what the people were told. Firstly, don't weep. It seems a strange thing. But Ezra had read the book of law. The people had heard the stories about their history and their past and the, the conquering that had taken place. And their response was to weep. They probably wept over what was lost, wept over what they'd... Um, been involved in themselves, wept over the fact that their city was once the champion in the area and now it was a broken down wreck. The people were sad 
and they began to weep. But their direction is given, don't weep. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. The second direction they were given was to celebrate. Celebrate what's happened. Celebrate the fact that the wall has been rebuilt. Celebrate that the temple is being rebuilt. And you know, for us, when we overcome, when we get stuck into doing something and we complete a task, rather than worrying about what could have been, what we ought to do is we ought to celebrate. Enjoy the experience. Enjoy what's been achieved. And can I suggest to you, whatever you need to attend to, that you should take the time to celebrate when you get the job done. It may be a small thing. It may be a big thing. It could be as simple as mowing the lawn, celebrate when it's done. It could be as large as repairing a broken relationship. Celebrate when it's done. Don't weep, celebrate. And then it goes on, and Nehemiah gives these profound words. He says, remember the joy of the Lord is your strength. I said it at the start, I'll say it at the end. Do you know the resources you need are not your own? They're not something that you have that is going to make the difference. It's what God says. It's what God does. It's what God provides. That's what's going to make the difference. And Nehemiah is reminding the people here, don't weep, celebrate, and remember the joy of the Lord is your strength. In other words, it's what God gives you that makes the difference. It's not what you produce yourself. It's not what you initiate yourself. It's what God gives you that makes the difference. Your life can turn out a whole lot better if you simply turn to him, rely on him, and let him do what it is that he desires to do. Remember in the beginning, Nehemiah was burdened with a civil project of, of, of proportions that he, we couldn't even imagine. And yet God provided for him every step of the way and he will do the same for you if you're willing to undertake the task. It may be outside your financial capacity, maybe be outside your leadership resource, but if you're willing to go on a journey, then God will lead you and direct you and give you all that you need. It was God who turned it all around for Nehemiah. It wasn't Nehemiah. It was God that did it all. It's the same for you. If you're willing to respond, God will turn it around for you. Take joy in God. Delight in Him. Derive your strength from Him. Don't look to yourself and your past failings. Don't look back to the things you've done wrong. But celebrate, rejoice and gain further strength from God who's made it all happen and will continue to do the same. The book finishes on a sad note. Nehemiah concludes his story with a story that's typical of the Israelites and can I say typical for us as well. It's a story that started with a, a dream of a revival, a revival of a city. But at the end of the book, it finishes with a need for a revival in the heart of the people. It's the same for us, you know. We want to rebuild our lives, but what we really need is for God to revive our hearts. Our response to the move of the Holy Spirit within can produce a revival in us that will impact and affect the others around about us. The Israelites needed a move of God. We need a move of God to change our city, to change our circumstance, to change our experience. We need to respond to what it is that the Holy Spirit is saying. And we need to be ready to remove, uh, remove the idols that we've built in our life. We need to rally the resources that are required. And we need to move into a place where revival is our portion, our challenge, our goal. Do you know, 
As a church, we're rebuilding. We're rebuilding because we were told we had to close. We're rebuilding because the Holy Spirit triggered a moment in time where the church needed to reinvestigate its roots, its origins. And what we're doing now is we're building a church that's based on discipleship. Of course, we've always focused on discipleship, but I believe the Holy Spirit is saying it's time for a refreshing, a new feel, a, a, a new inspiration around discipleship. At the end of the day, what God wants us to do is to live our lives as Jesus lived His, focused on His purpose, His plan, His desire. Will you join with me in believing that we will enter a new era where we'll be able to win the lost, make disciples in response to Jesus' challenge in Matthew 28? It's time to rebuild the walls. It's time to rebuild the church. It's time to increase our impact to change the world in which we live. It'll only happen if you're willing to respond and I'm willing to respond. And we do so with the strength and courage that he gives to us. I'm going to pray. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray today that as a church and as individuals, that we would respond with courage and strength, that we would not only rebuild the walls in our own life, but re rebuild the wall of the church in the community, in our nation, in the nations of the world. Father, you've inspired us through the message of this book. I pray now, challenge us to stand up, to take action, and to get done what it is that you want us to get done. I pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, the story of Nehemiah may seem unusual, but it's repeated every single day as God speaks to people waiting for them to respond. My question to you is, are you willing to respond to him? And if so, what are you going to do? Have a great day. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.